Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets the Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. back to another edition of Ballots and Brews. We uh, move along during this holiday season. We were just talking about how a busy a time of year this is for everyone, so we are so glad that you can make some time to join us uh, tonight. We have, a, as always, another packed show ahead, so we are super excited to be talking to the newest member of the Topeka City Council, City Councilman-elect uh, Brett Kell, representing District 5. We're excited to have him on tonight. Um, and then, of course, we'll be talking about all the latest greatest happenings at local and state government with tonight's beer flight but before we get to any of that uh, we want to start like we always do with beer and so we are so excited tonight that we get to spend some time with our friends from Happy Bassett so we have one of the co-owners of Happy Bassett Brewing Marty Craver with us tonight Marty thanks for hanging out with us hey Angel it's always fun to hang out thanks for having me Absolutely. Just so everyone knows, this is Marty and I procrastinating for our Christmas shopping. So just so <laughs> everyone's aware. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've got beers at the Happy Bass, and if anyone wants to procrastinate, too. Absolutely. We're all about enabling people here. That's yes. what we do. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, friends, as we start first, we always have to ask, how are the pups? How are the dogs? Oh, they're wonderful. Their stockings are hung by the chimney with care. Oh, of course. Oh, my goodness. Do they, do they love the holiday season? They do. Uh, they get really excited we actually uh, my folks were in town and we got to open presents this weekend and freckles just gets crazy about it she <laughs> she'll open all every every one of them she'll just start tearing at the the paper she loves it Oh, that's awesome. My parents' dog is the same way. And then he thinks that, like, every present is for him. Yep. And so, like, as other people open theirs, he tries, like, no, but these are all for you. Yeah, and then there's paper everywhere. You're like, oh, well, it was fun. Enjoy, right. the, enjoy the Christmas season. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, with the holidays uh, upon us, uh, so, of course, we know that with uh, the spring's about a new season, and so lots of uh, uh, folks will try different seasonal favorites. So are there any uh, special brews at either the uh, Happy Best locations that people should be trying out? Yeah, we've got a couple of special brews at both locations right now. So we've got our Jingle Bell Juice. That's a, a annual beer we release on Black Friday every year. And then we've got a new one this year that's the Jack's Key Lime Pie. So that's actually a memory of my father-in-law. So it's a really oh, delicious okay. sour beer. And it's got some graham crackers, vanilla, key lime, and then it tastes just like a, a slice of key lime pie. Oh, my gosh. That sounds really good. It's delicious. Oh, that's awesome. Well, very cool. Well, of course, with the holidays being upon us, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it looks like you've got um, events going on at, at both locations, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. This weekend, we've got our gingerbread competition, um, and then we've got Tipsy Santa. Um, we've also got some, some live music. And then, of course, on Sunday, we've got our normal Sunday bingo. And we uh, look forward to having everybody come, you know, take a break from your holiday shopping and have a little bit of fun with us. Uh, oh, yeah. So this gingerbread competition. So tell me more about that. Yeah, so the gingerbread competition is this Saturday. It's 11 to 1, and it's at the Barrel House. Awesome. Very cool, very cool. Now, this is gingerbread house decorating, yes. correct? Yep. So, it's a really fun family activity. You go out. We've got the kits and all the fun things to put on your gingerbread house. You're always welcome to bring in some extras if you want a little bit of a competitive advantage. You know, any fun things that you'd like to put on your gingerbread house, it's a, it's a lot of fun. 
Awesome, awesome. And now tell me about the Santa party that's happening later. Yeah, so right after the gingerbread competition, we've got our tipsy Santa. So you can come take nice. photos, <laughs> come take photos, you know, come in your holiday attire or, you know, just exhausted from holiday shopping and take photos <laughs> with our tipsy Santa. Oh, that's fantastic. We were talking about that bad Santa movie earlier, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's pretty perfect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, as uh, if folks are doing their, their holiday shopping, um, out there's what we talking about earlier, are there any uh, things that they might be able to pick up uh, from your locations, gift cards, anything like that? Yeah, we've got gift cards, we've got growlers, howlers, crowlers, and then we've also got a lot of new merchandise in, so we've got some beanies, uh-huh. some, some hats, um, and then our standard, you know, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all that good stuff. And we've even got some gift baskets, some goodie boxes that have growlers. You can get them with a, a gift card to fill the growler up, and then they come with glassware too. So it's a nice little gift for anyone that likes craft beer and dogs. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's perfect. Very cool. Well, you know, as we, of course, get ready for the new year, too, you know, is there anything that you're um, especially excited about or looking forward to uh, with our location in the new year? Yeah, so we've got, a, you know, a New Year's Eve party that we're excited about. Uh, and then okay. we'll be doing uh, St. Patrick's Day. And it's never too early to start talking about summer, even though it hasn't snowed yet. We've got <laughs> our second annual barbecue competition um, over the 4th of July weekend. So we're really looking forward to have everyone coming out and trying some good barbecue and some brews. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, it's never, especially the colder it gets, it helps to think about those summer events. So that's that's always good. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Mari, thanks again for, for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. Thanks, Angel, for having me. Absolutely. It's a reminder to uh, folks out there listening, of course, uh, that both Happy Bassett locations have great social media presences on Facebook. So I encourage you to like their pages on Facebook where you'll keep, get to keep up to date with all the events and latest, greatest happenings out at both Happy Bass locations. And make sure to check out that gingerbread competition and the Tipsy Santa party this weekend because it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good time. So don't miss those events coming up. Um, and go ahead and stay tuned. After the break, we will be back with our beer flight of the night. Um, you are listening to Ballads and Brews here on KSET 75 Live Radio. Awesome. Seven eight five magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now, and we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at seven eight five live.com and thanks for tuning in. And we're back uh, with tonight's Beer Flight of the Night. Um, we're going to kick things off tonight by talking about the KDOT Sour. Um, so if you ever made a budget for yourself, uh, then start shopping and realize your whole budget is blown after the first item? Well, that's kind of what the Kansas Department of Transportation did to the city of Topeka this week uh, regarding the Polk Quincy Viaduct project. Um, you'll recall the Polk Quincy Viaduct is that stretch of I-70 running through downtown that has probably convinced more people to pray than a church ever has as you make your way around the tight curve and try to accommodate for traffic that's also trying to get on the highway at the same time. Uh, after years of lobbying, uh, funding for the project was finally approved through KDOT earlier this year, um, and the city has committed $20 million to that project. So uh, keep that number in mind, $20 million that the city has already committed to the project. Now, if you've been listening to our show for a little while, as we talk about road projects in the city, what's always the kicker? What always comes up? What's always the thing uh, that gets us right at the end? That's right, it's utility costs. Uh, Turns out that utilities under that stretch of road are quite old and would need to be replaced anyway, uh, but of course they have to be moved for this project. The cost to remove and replace those utilities, at least $20 million. 
Uh, but here's the catch. Uh, remember when I said the city had already committed $20 million? Well, it turns out that KDOT has capped the amount of expenses that the city can spend on this project. Anyone want to guess what that cap is? That's right, $20 million. Ruh-ro. Uh, this puts the city in a bit of a pickle. Um, it's also not the first time that utility costs have surprised the city council when it comes to road projects. Um, in this case, the city staff hadn't prepared any expenses for utilities as part of the project budget um, because they were still working on determining those costs. Um, so this is why when we talk about street and road repairs, it gets really complex and really complicated. And part of it's not because of the street work itself, it's because of what's underneath the street and that utility work that's needed to make these streets happen. That's what trips us up um, so many times. Uh, my favorite part of this story, by the way, if you read the Cap Journal article that's out there about this, is that they relayed uh, Councilman Spencer Duncan's response to being told um, about this cap, and his response uh, was just, holy crap. Uh, well said, uh, Mr. Duncan. Well said, indeed. Uh, so if anyone has a spare $20 million laying around, the city might be able to use your help. Uh, next on our fight tonight, we've got the Priorities Pale Ale. Uh, we're going to stick with our friends from the City Council. Uh, just as a, a heads up, y'all, they had a four-hour meeting on Tuesday night. And can we just appreciate that for a moment? And they had to be on camera for all four hours of it and look professional and everything. Like, once a meeting goes over an hour for me, that's it. My face is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. But these folks had to actually sit there for four hours and get things done. Um, at the end of the day, too, after a whole other day full of craziness, they had to deal with all that uh, for, for four hours. Um, one of the things they discussed was the city's legislative priorities for this coming year. Um, the city of Topeka does engage a lobbyist, Whitney Dameron, here in town, who represents the city's interests at the State House. And so I want to let you all know, get a little window um, into the issues that the city council feels are important for the city of Topeka. Some of the bigger things they're looking at, of course, we've got the Docking State Office building uh, right here in Topeka, and there's all kinds of discussion about what to do with that building. The state has plans uh, to move forward with demolition of that building and building something else potentially in its place. Um, the city doesn't really have a, a, a feeling or a, an opinion one way or the other on that part of it, um, but their only ask is that they really want to look out for historic value. And so their ask of the state is that if they do come across things that have historic value, in the process, um, uh, in the process of working with the docking building, um, that they let the city know and give the city the chance to preserve that that history. So, uh, when it comes to the docking building, that's really their focus is making sure to preserve whatever history might be there. Uh, historic preservation is something that's actually come up a couple times uh, with the city council over this last year. And actually, to the end, another piece um, they've added uh, to their uh, agenda is that if someone were to present a meaningful plan to preserve the Menninger Clock Tower, uh, kind of one of those staples of the Topeka uh, uh, cityscape, landscape that people have known for years, um, if someone were to have a meaningful plan to preserve that clock tower, the city would be committed to supporting that effort. Um, so that's a heads up out there for anyone that might be interested in taking that that project on that there does appear to be um, support um, in the city among the city council for that effort uh, we also of course recently talked about the sales tax on food and the governor's plans to eliminate that tax or axe the tax uh, as the governor's office calls it uh, we're gonna again conjure up that image of governor kelly with that big axe that she's got uh, many people don't realize when we talk about taxes those taxes exist on the state level 
and the local level. Um, so the city is all about, um, and all in support of eliminating or at least sharply reducing the state portion of the sales tax on food. And that's the one that's getting all the attention. That's the one that I think is like six and a half percent. That's the state sales tax on food. But remember, there is also a local uh, food tax, a local sales tax on food, and the city does uh, rely on that sales tax um, partly to offset our reliance on property taxes um, in the community. So the city doesn't want the state messing with the local portion of, of the food sales tax. They, you can do whatever you want at the state level, but their their wish, their desire is to not to not touch uh, anything when it comes to the local uh, sales tax on food. Um, along those same lines, one of the issues that the city really wants to make clear to lawmakers, and I suspect that there's many other cities that are in the same boat, um, is that they don't want the legislature interfering with what's called home rule. Um, home rule, for those not in the know, uh, means that local communities get to make decisions for their citizens rather than the state. Uh, the official wording of the Home Rule Amendment to our Constitution uh, states that cities are hereby empowered to determine their local affairs and government. Uh, this is what allows city councils, for instance, to levy taxes and fees, set codes for property maintenance, determine local zoning, all that good stuff. Uh, if we didn't have that Home Rule authority, much of that would have to be done by the state legislature. Uh, so just let that thought marinate in your head a little bit. Uh, of course, with the onset of COVID-19, city leaders have been worried about some of the legislature's recent actions um, that look like they're attempting to tell communities really what to do and how to legislate in their own communities. Uh, for instance, putting restrictions on what cities or even school boards can do regarding health orders, mask mandates, etc. Um, the city really wants to make it clear to the state that we could take care of ourselves. Thank you very much. Uh, and next up, we've got the Export IPA. Um, so as we all know, there is a shortage of, well, just about everything uh, these days, from glass to computer chips. There are lots of things that have been in short supply uh, these days, including labor. Um, and it's that labor shortage that is impacting our recycling facility here in Shawnee County, as the county commission was informed this week. Uh, it turns out because of shortages in staffing at the recycling facility here, about 90% of our recycled goods are actually processed up in Kansas City instead of here in Topeka. Now this doesn't impact our taxpayers in Shawnee County because our contract with waste management has a fixed rate regardless of where they haul your junk. Uh, while COVID has certainly exacerbated this labor issue, it turns out that staffing has long been an issue at the recycling facility here in Shawnee County. Now as a reminder, the county does have a curbside recycling program. There are actually approximately 47,920 of you good folks out there who take advantage of that program. That fee is included in the solid waste fee that you pay to the county. And there always seems to be questions or confusion about this. So just a reminder of what you can recycle in the county. You've got, of course, all kinds of paper products, office paper, phone books, corrugated cardboard, shredded paper, as long as you put it in a bag, junk mail, magazines, catalogs, all that good stuff. You can still turn in your aluminum cans, tin cans, your clean aluminum foil, and of course, all your plastic stuff, plastic buckets, bottles, sacks, etc. I say all this because there are some of you out there who are far better than me. Um, and like to get serious about your recycling. Uh, now, to be fair, I do like plant trees and stuff. Kind of. I plant something. Anyway, uh, there you all have it. You can still recycle to your heart's content. And if you know of anyone looking for some work, uh, there's a $7.5 million recycling facility up north that could sure use your help. 
Um, and finally, we've got the Bob Dole Stout. Uh, as you no doubt have heard, we lost one of the good ones last weekend. Uh, former Senator, presidential candidate, and Viagra salesman, true story, look it up, uh, Bob Dole passed away at the age of 98. Um, if you haven't yet, I highly encourage you to read more about Senator Dole's extraordinary, extraordinary life. Uh, he had a career that was marked by fighting for what he believed in, whether that be on the battlefield or in the halls of Congress, and doing so with determination, passion, and as always, a pretty wicked sense of humor. Uh, when I say we lost a good one, I mean we're talking one of the last generations of true statesmen, uh, a person who really knew how to work together uh, to get things done. Anyone that knew Bob Dole would tell you that they never questioned his credentials as a Republican, uh, but he understood that you needed to work with the other side to accomplish big things. Um, and he knew that compromise, that dreaded dirty word in politics these days, was sometimes a necessity. Um, and for those who might doubt that, just remember, we were talking about the guy who authored the Americans with Disabilities Act, one of the most transformative pieces of legislation for people with disabilities within the United States, and he did it by bringing Republicans and Democrats together. He co-authored food sample legislation. He even encouraged Reagan to push through tax increases. Um, Dole once told a crowd when talking about why he was a Republican uh, that when he first decided to run for office, he went back to Russell, Kansas, and counted a number of Democrats and a number of Republicans and thought, well, I probably should be a Republican. Uh, it was that kind of humility, wit, and rationality that defined his leadership style and is so desperately missed in Washington today. Um, there will be events to honor Senator Dole both today, Thursday, and Friday in Washington, D.C., and then he'll be back home um, here on Saturday with events uh, both back in Russell and here in Topeka. Uh, so tonight, I invite you to give a toast to Senator Dole. Uh, rest in peace, Senator, and thank you for your service. And that, folks, is our beer flight for tonight. So everyone stay tuned. Up next, we've got our interview with City Councilman-elect Brett Kell that's coming up next here on Ballads and Brews on KSF 75 Live Radio. All right, folks, and we are back, and uh, we are so excited tonight. You know, last week we had a conversation with uh, City Councilman Spencer Duncan, uh, and we were talking about, of course, the elections and, and uh, uh, what's coming, uh, what's to come in the new year with a new mayor. And of course, we have a new City Council member um, that will be uh, taking the City Council as come January, and that is Mr. Brett Kell, representing District Five uh, on the Topeka City Council. Of course, we had a tough three-person race um, in that City Council district, and he emerged a victorious in that seat, so he will take uh, that open District 5 position in January. That is the position, of course, being vacated by uh, now Mayor-elect Mike Padilla. And so we are so excited to be joined uh, by City Councilman-elect uh, Brett Kell tonight. Brett, thanks for, for being here tonight. Thank you. And that's uh, still odd to get used to that, uh, you know, City Councilman-elect, uh, even just the elect part is, is still... Uh, still a little odd to, to hear so <laughs> oh absolutely i was gonna say it's got all kinds of things to get used to for sure well, yeah, we, we mentioned at the top there, you know, you did have, uh, while all, all the other races, of course, were two-person races, uh, this is a tough one, this is a, a three-person race, so yeah, what was that dynamic like, what was it like campaigning against not just one, but two other opponents in this race? It, it's, a, it's definitely a different, uh, because you're not just worried about what that one person's doing, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out what everyone else is doing so you can do your own thing without doing exactly what someone else is doing and, and, and distinguishing yourself. Uh, like uh, four years ago when I ran against uh, Mayor Elect Padilla for the fifth seat and, and uh, the late Scott Bowman, uh, yeah. it was uh, 
it, it was hard trying to figure out what was going on because uh, Mr. Bowman was very, uh, very uh, uh, conservative. And it seemed like Mike and I were just, or excuse me, Mayor Lecce and I were just constantly hammering the same message over and over. And uh, I think what got him was is we had identical messages pretty much. Sure. Uh, we go, we'd go to things like a, a, um, a question and answer thing. And it'd almost be like he'd say something, and I'm like, "Well, I pretty much agree with what Mr. Pretty <laughs> just said." And then next next time around, I'd answer first, and he'd sit there and say, "Well, I pretty much agree with what Mr. Kell just said." <laughs> and it was, it was it was hard to distinguish myself this time around. Uh, just a lot of learning experience. Uh, I think that's what I had on my opponents was the the uh, I'm a veteran to running races, and sure. so uh, I've learned a lot by doing it before, and so. I, I just hit the pavement, made sure I, I knocked as many doors as I could, went to as many events as I could, and just got my name out there a bunch. Uh, my wife did a great job on the uh, digital side by sending out the emails, sending out text messages. Sure. Uh, to, so I could go out there and get the doors knocked on. And uh, because that makes a big difference. When someone can actually see you in, and ask you uh, follow-up questions and uh, know where you stand on certain situations, and know when you're speaking that it's genuine. It's just not, you know, something they're reading, uh, but they can tell by the tone of your voice and your, your body language what you're saying is genuine. It makes a big difference. Sure, absolutely. Well, you have a lot of ground to cover, too. Yeah, we should mention for fun. So District 5 is kind of the south-central-ish um, area of town. And so that district runs, uh, gosh, all the way from, you know, includes uh, a little bit of the uh, the Highcrest neighborhood to, you know, runs from all the way south from um, 45th Street and even further, um, all the way north up until uh, past the uh, 29th Street, kind of the intersection of uh, 29th and Topeka, 29th and Burlingame. So there's uh, quite a bit of ground and a lot of diverse uh, neighborhoods and areas. Well, their district. It is. I, I said during the election, we are probably the most diverse district in all of Topeka. Sure. Uh, we, by, by borders, we send to all three high schools. Oh, yeah. We're the only district that actually, by borders, I, I know of, sends to all three high schools. Because wow. uh, when you get uh, east or west of Oakley, that's Topeka West. Uh, between uh, Oakley and I believe it's uh, uh Speak Boulevard is Topeka High, and then mm. that's when you start getting uh, even uh, it even reaches the district reaches east of Eisenhower High School or uh, Middle School. So sure. uh, there's even a little you know a little uh, slice that goes all the way out there. So by borders, we send all three. And socioeconomically, we're we're a very diverse district. Uh, we, you know, we have probably some of the poorest communities, you know, neighborhoods in Topeka within the fifth district. And we have some of the richest, which, you know, we have two gated communities uh, in our community, in our district, plus a a uh, private HOA community. Plus, we have Brewster Place in McCrite. So, yeah, uh, you know, we, we we range up the gamut uh, all over the, in all different categories. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, it definitely makes, it makes campaigning uh, more challenging and more interesting, I'm sure, um, as, as you go. Uh, you know, when you when you think about, you know, so, of course, you you merge victorious from this uh, field of, of three folks. You know, what, do you think there's any kind of message that voters uh, sent with your election? Uh, the main thing was uh, just I kept on pumping it and I truly believe it is it's a nonpartisan seat and I'm going to treat it as such. Sure. Uh, there was uh, you know just door knocking. And I don't know when I knock on a door. All I write down is a 
at the top of my sheet what street it is and which which uh, house numbers I'm going to see. I don't care if it's Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. You know, I, I just knock on the door and, and, and speak the same message to each person. And, and the main point I always reached out was it's a nonpartisan seat and I'm going to treat it as such. So uh, there's so much compromise. I mean, I'm a big person on, on the one side is not always right. One side is not always wrong. And there's a lot of middle ground uh, sure. that you can, you can go off of. And uh, you know, just like the late Bob Dole, he, he was very good at sometimes finding that middle ground when things were deadlocked. Sure. Uh, absolutely. You know, and, uh, and you know, he was Republican. I may be, be a Democrat, but there's, there's people out there that there are good, moderate uh, affiliated party that are, are good at finding that middle ground to help get things taken care of. Sure. Well, and yeah, that's the, the kind of great thing about local elections and, and the, one of the, my favorite parts about local government is that it is so uh, nonpartisan. So, of course, people have their own partisan uh, identities, but, you know, people run on nonpartisan tickets. And, and, and you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, party politics has kept out of a lot of those things. And that's probably what makes local government so much more effective in some cases than, than their colleagues at the state and national level. Uh, I, I think so also, you know, people you know, almost have to answer with that, that logo next to them or that letter next to them. And, and, uh, the great thing is, is as myself being a federal employee, the only races I can run are nonpartisan races. Sure. Uh, sure. So it's, uh, it's great to be able to be involved, uh, in two different levels in essence where I can be involved locally, uh, when it comes to what happens to speaker, but I can also help it with, uh, issues with veterans at the, at the federal level. Uh, by working at the VA. Sure, yeah, that's a, a great perspective to bring to the group. And, and speaking of, so, you know, when you think about the group you're joining, so you'll, you'll be the new kid, so to speak, uh, in the in the group. But what are you looking forward to most about joining the, the city council? Well, yeah, like you said, the new kid. Uh, it took me uh, <laughs> to the next day to realize that, wait a second, I'm, I'm the only new guy. <laughs> right. Uh, but the good thing is I've developed relationships over the years with a lot of the uh, uh local politician just sure. by uh when when i ran four years ago i got to know a lot of them we ended up at a lot of them events uh you know councilwoman Tiller had me set on on the community action board on her behalf uh, i got to know uh, councilman duncan uh councilman ortiz and i have worked together at dcf before in the past uh and then i know uh, uh commissioner cook and commissioner mays pretty well also so then when it comes to crossing over to the county city issues i can i have already developed a relationship with them also so i think i'm pretty good in in the the you know there's a few uh the ones i don't know that have already reached out and i've set up meetings with them so we can talk beforehand oh, very good. Um, it, it's it's good I, and one kind of little point of view that i keep on hearing is everyone thinks i'm a wild card which i, I kind of like that tag uh, <laughs> because it's not just going to be business as usual with me. It's not going to be, well, you know, like I said, non, like earlier when I said nonpartisan, it's not going to be like, well, I'm a Democrat, so I'm going this way. It's sure. what's best for Topeka. So that may be where that wild card aspect comes in, which I, I'm kind of proud of that tag. Because if people don't know where I'm going, then they don't know where, you know, if they're we're trying to negotiate on something, if they don't know where I'm coming from, then I, I feel like I have the upper hand on that, trying to do what's best for Topeka. Sure, sure. So, like, like to keep people guessing. 
Yeah. Well, very good. Well, you know, one of the things, of course, that, uh, you know, I know Councilman Duncan uh, mentioned on our show last week that, you know, we, he feels we've got a pretty good council in terms of, you know, collegiality and, and being able to work together. And so it sounds like you're getting to join a group that's going to be to be pretty supportive of, of each other. I, I believe so. And, and, I, and I felt that four years ago when I, I met a lot of the uh, people that were running. It's, uh, it's just not... Uh, you know, it's not partisan part of politics. It, it's we're trying to do what's best for Patika, and, and I truly believe a lot of a lot of our council people are just trying to do what's best for Patika. And but you kind of join that little club. You know, when you run against them, you know they're, you know, I, I developed a relationship with a lot of them. They they were there to support me when when I lost, but then they're there, and if you still want to be involved, you know, let me know, and, and I'll I'll help you get involved involved with this board or involved with this community group or you know whatever just to try to stay involved and sure. feel like i'm making a difference uh even though i didn't hit the, the point i wanted to four years ago uh, i was still able to be involved and, and i've always had a good relationship with all of the council people that i've met so far and and worked with and be able to call and ask for advice or for help or different city issues over the last four years well very cool well, very good. Well, and you know, one of the things, of course, we've been thinking about when it comes to um, you know boosting uh, voter uh, turnout in the next election and engagement, and things like that, is helping constituents uh, connect with their city council members. So, you know, as you think about your term coming up, you know, how would you like to connect with your constituents? What's the best way for for folks to get a hold of you? What do you see the interaction looking like throughout your your term? Uh, well, well, when I take office, one thing I, w- I want to try to do is knock on at least twenty doors. Um, like I did when I was running for campaigns. This way I can get people's feedback right off the bat. Sure. Uh, I've already gone to the firehouse station 10, talked to the firefighters directly, uh, all three shifts. You know, found out what concerns they had when it came to being being a firefighter. Cause those are those are the firefighters that serve the fifth district. And they're pretty much right in the almost smack dab middle of the fifth district. So I want to know what we can do to help those firefighters out uh, right now. And then I can start reaching out to other firehouses and, and talk to them. Uh, you know, I plan to get a hold of the chief, try to do some right along with the police department, uh, you know, meet with different organizations. I, um, with Marcus Miller, With when it comes to uh, First Tee, I used to be involved in First Tee uh, before, and now it's kind of come back again. So I definitely want to be involved in that. Uh, I believe that's a great group and, you know, help the small businesses out, you know, see what they need, see what we can do for them, but also, you know, give any input I have back to them. I mean, cause it's, uh, it's, you know, not hard to, or it's not easy to run a small business. Right. But yeah. When, when you're, when you're saying, Hey, we're not feeling like we're getting support, but you know, I, I know one small business, they're only open three days a week for maybe a total of 15 hours. So it's hard to sit there and say, hey, we're, we got your back when it's, you know, they're, they don't seem like they're open very often. And so, it's, you know, work with those small businesses like that, say, okay, you know, you, it's a give and take. You got to give give a little back, you know, more hours open for us to be able to get behind you and, and push you because we can only put so much time and effort into things. And if, the you know, certain places aren't willing to give back uh, on our, to us on, helping us help them, you know, that old thing, 
help me help you kind of situation. For sure, sure. So it sounds like you've uh, you've uh, got you know, got, got your hands full. There's going to be lots of different things um, going on. You know, what would you say are your kind of three uh, top priorities as you as you uh, prepare to take office? Uh, main thing is roads, and I know uh, uh, Mayor Elect Padilla has gotten some things going uh, within the fifth district. Uh, I I told him. Uh, uh, the night that, uh, that we won, that you know, hey, just give me kind of what your project book is, and I'll take with it, take take it from you and run with it. Uh, that's a great thing about kind of having my predecessor right there, so yeah. that way we can kind of work together on certain things. Uh, but look at the roads all over Topeka. Uh, other thing is our our homeless and panhandling and uh, kind of low income renting is another big thing uh, because when you have people stepping out into the road and almost causing accidents or causing accidents or almost being hit by vehicle, that's, that's a safety issue. I, and I know the, the city council before said, well, the Supreme court defended freedom of speech thing, but when it comes to safety issue, that's where, uh, you know, someone getting hurt that's an innocent bystander. That's to me, it becomes an issue or camping out on private property like we have throughout the district. We have people that are camped up and down the, the walking trail. We have people that are camping out up and along down the railroad tracks, uh, vacant lots that they're kind of taking over. And uh, it, it turns into liability for the owners of those properties. Uh, oh, sure. I'm not against helping people because I've worked, I've been there as, as a citizen speaker that needed help and went to DCF and got food assistance, got child care assistance. I've also worked at DCF, and it's one of the things of there's plenty of organizations and programs out there that help people that want to get help, and we need to try to get those people help and get them out of those situations because we're about to have what looks like a harsh, cold winter, and the, the situation probably is going to get worse before it gets better, and that's where we need to kind of jump on it beforehand uh, and look what other cities have done. Because I've seen other cities like Portland had, had a, a, a very bad, homeless and panhandling situation and at first they were come on in we'll, we'll take care of you and then now it's overrun with drugs now they're kind of taking steps to try to revert back and, and try to get the people off the streets and into housing we can look at cities like that what they've done to try to help out which the hotel over by uh uh on fairlawn the six and fairlawn mm-hmm. is, is a great idea of a low-income uh hotel and i've thought about that for for years, is we could take some of these hotels that are not in use and and use those for uh, homeless shelters. That we can use the conference rooms for NA and AA meetings, use them for job fairs, uh, use certain rooms for doctors and nurses to be able to see people, and for counseling and other things like that. That that's a great way to help people get off the street, help people get on their feet, and move on. And sometimes all someone needs is someone to recognize them and show them that they are worth something and you know they're, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll run with it. and there's a sure. great story of a former football player that hurt his neck he played for the Lions and he just had a cup of coffee with a guy that was on, standing on the street corner and he said that you know, that changed his life when yeah, that when that gentleman came up and, and, and had a cup of coffee with him he decided he didn't want to live on the streets anymore he didn't want to be on drugs anymore he wanted to go and uh, you know, go to college, and he, now he's uh, he 
He graduated from community college in California. Now he's on, on to a four-year school in California. And it's just, it's a little thing that's being recognized. And so sometimes it's asking, you know, what, what you need from us to be a big step towards the right direction for our panhandling, for our homeless problem, for our, our, our people that are in need. Well, yes, yeah, so, you know, you've talked about a, a lot of different uh, priorities um, and, and things that you'll be uh, addressing on and, and working and uh, working on, excuse me. And, you know, one of the things we know, of course, about joining the city council, it's a little like drinking from a fire hose with the amount of information and things to know and that sort of thing. Um, you know, what, how, how do you think, how do you plan to kind of learn and kind of orient yourself to the whole kind of world of, of issues and, and, and things out there to know about as a city council member? Uh, well, you, that analogy was probably the, the, the best analogy I've heard on that uh, because it is a lot taking in. And, and right off the bat, uh, the the next morning at 8 a.m., I was taking phone calls uh, from different people that wanted to sit down and meet with me uh, right off the bat to, you know, gauge where I'm going and things like that. Uh, you know, then a couple of days after the election, the, uh, Mr. Trout uh, uh, put in his, his resignation at the end of the year. Uh, and, uh, then the new, uh, chief of police, uh, candidate meeting was going on. So I've been trying to get out as much as I can to things like that, to try to, uh, know what's going on. Uh, the city council's, uh, executive assistants trying to get me into meetings to try to, uh, get with the department heads to know what's going on. Like I said, I've already reached out to, to my local fire station. Uh, I plan to reach out uh, to the police chief and try to get some ride-alongs with some officers so I can gauge where the feeling is for the police department. Uh, I believe I should meet with people at, at the working level because there's things that they have concerns with that sometimes won't reach my level. That the the concern or the issue or, or or the idea may get squashed well before it gets to me. But if I if I get to them, I get the ideas, the the issues, the concerns straight from them, and I I can ask the follow up questions. I can I can figure what's going on. Uh, you know, one of the concerns that I heard from the fire department, uh, one of the shifts was that the city's talking about a mandatory uh, uh, age retirement, and uh, my my feeling is if they are passing their physicals, they are doing what needs to be done. Uh, that uh, we don't have people beating down the door to become a fire firefighter in Topeka right now. So why are we shoving people out the door when there's no one standing there to take their spot? Uh, but if they're if they're doing what they need to be doing, uh, and and passing their physicals, passing their their physical fitness tests, uh, doing the job correctly, then I don't see why we're forcing someone out. Uh, so uh, it's just gathering all that information. Uh, like you said, it's it's a lot of information at once, uh, but that's where it's nice. Where uh, the the executive assistant Liz has been been very good about kind of spacing me out a little bit and let me meet with different department heads and, and things like that uh, here and there. And then I've kind of been able to space out my own meetings with different organizations in town that want to meet, so that way I'm not bombarding myself and, and burning myself out before I even uh, right. uh, take uh, take the swearing in. So Absolutely. Well, very good. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good chance to, to meet lots of different people, uh, for sure. So it sounds like you're, you're getting a head start on things already. 
Well, good. Well, yeah, as we as we wrap up uh, tonight, of course, we are uh, coming up on the holiday uh, season, or we're coming up, we're in the middle of the holiday season now. Uh, so we can let you uh, get out here. We like to have a little bit of fun. Um, of course, on Balance and Brews. And so uh, before we get out here, we have a little bit of Christmas trivia uh, for you, if that works for you. That's great. Awesome. All right. Well, what we have done, we have selected a, a number of uh, Christmas uh, trivia questions. Some are Christmas movies. Some are just Christmas trivia in general. So we're gonna we're gonna put your Christmas knowledge to the test. All right. So uh, question number one: uh, In the movie Home Alone, where are the McAllisters going on vacation when they leave their son Kevin behind? I believe in the first one it was uh, Florida. It's oh, that's incorrect. Unfortunately, it's Paris in the first one. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking to my wife about that earlier, <laughs> and 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 she swore it was Florida, and I swore it was Paris, and uh, <laughs> I, I went, I went uh, with the wife's answer. Uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely, as you should. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it was, I think it was what New York, Paris, and Florida were all three, all the three locations. Right, right. It's funny. Someone tried to do the math one time, you know, because there's like 16 of them that all go to Paris, and someone was like, "How like." How did he afford all those plane tickets for everyone to go over to Paris all at the same time? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, the next one's a Christmas movie trivia question as well. Uh, in the classic Christmas movie, How the Grinch Show Christmas, so there's that song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. What are the three words, and it's a hint, they all start with the same letter. What are the three words that are used to describe the Grinch in that song? I think it's stink, stink, and stunk. That is correct. Stink, stank, stunk. That is correct. When you have an elementary school teacher as a wife, you, know, <laughs> you get a lot of... Uh, of, of the uh, childhood uh, things every year. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. Uh, uh, so this one, I, did, I actually did, I had to remind myself of this one, uh, the movie A Christmas Story. Uh, what is the name of Ralphie's little brother in the movie A Christmas Story? William? Ooh, it starts with the same letter as his name, so it starts with an R. It's Randy. Oh. Randy, okay. Yeah, I know. I think they say it like two times in the whole movie. I was like, I had no idea. Um, this next question, well, I keep on wanting to get the uh, the uh, leg lamp, and my wife refuses. Ah, you know, that's that, funny. in the house, right? Yeah, I just think it'd be you know a little you know a little bit of movie uh, TV uh, memorabilia is always fun. I have a uh, a tie just like was on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, that's awesome. And I've already figured out I can wear it during the duck race week. I can wear it to the council meeting <laughs> that's awesome. of the, of the uh, rubber duck race. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, well, of course, being balanced and bruised, we, uh, we have to have our eggnog. So we have to ask, uh, which country did eggnog come from? I'm going to guess uh, France. Oh, so close. It is a European country, and France is actually a really good guess. Uh, it actually came from England originally, oh. uh, which makes sense as I as I as like as I think about that. That checks out. But France is a good guess, though. Uh, France, Germany, then England. Right. on my list. Absolutely. Uh, and then we'll wrap up uh, this question here. It says, uh, yeah, finally, what is the highest-grossing Christmas movie of all time? If you had to guess. 
well, it's what you consider a Christmas movie now, because that's, oh, that's true. Movie, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's Die Hard one or Die Hard not one. Uh, so, uh, oh, um, that's just so hard to, to figure out. Also, because you know something new may may pull something a lot more than a classic movie has. Right. Think, uh, keep going on that train of thought. Uh, I'm gonna say bad Santa. <laughs> oh, that's that is a good guess. It has a hilarious movie uh, and a terrible movie at the same time, but also hilarious. Uh, but it's actually Home Alone. Oh, okay. Believe no, it or I've not, been, you know, because then also you you have know, that question is do, do you use the prorated or not prorated, but the uh, you know adjusted for inflation. <laughs> yeah, inflation and all that because you know a lot of those quizzes now use use the inflation to show what you know something would made now versus right. then, you know because you, know, uh, you know Christmas movies are always a great debate just like the baseball movies are you know I mean even Kevin Costner just by himself in baseball movies can be a great debate of whether Bill <laughs> Durham for love of the game or uh, the natural or not the natural but uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, now I just lost my train of thought. Oh. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned yeah. Die Hard earlier. I have a firm, like, hashtag unpopular opinion. I have a firm yeah. believer that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Like, you can't just set a movie at Christmas and just make it a Christmas movie. That doesn't count. You need more than that to make it a Christmas movie, in my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> that always that always stirs a big debate in the Romero family. Yeah, it's always there's always those great debates that you can have fun with and, and go over and just and and uh, as long as you don't get too uh, upset about them because I know yes. some people <laughs> some people take those those uh, those uh, social pop questions like those and they'll take they'll take them uh, a little too seriously sometimes. <laughs> right, absolutely. You have to keep it fun. Well, Brett, thanks so much for taking some time out of this busy time of year to sit down and talk with us tonight. Oh, I'm much appreciated that uh, you wanted me uh, back on again. And anytime you want me, just give me a holler and I'll be more than happy to join you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for folks listening out there, of course, the uh, new council member, new uh, new mayor will take their seats uh, coming up in January. So be on the lookout for more information uh, as that uh, date gets closer. And go ahead and stay tuned. After this break, we'll be back with our take action moment of the night to finish up the night tonight. Remember, you are listening to Bouts of Brews here on KSEF 75 Live Radio. folks we're gonna wrap things up like we always do tonight with our take action moment of the night uh so first up we are going to talk all about the community health needs assessment also known as the chna to all the cool kids out there uh, this is a comprehensive assessment of our community's health that is required to be conducted every few years by hospitals like stormont Vale and entities like the shawnee county health department uh, you probably remember us last year talking about giving your feedback on the chna virtually or through uh, the town halls that were conducted Well, all that feedback uh, that came from a little over 2,500 of you all in the community has now been collected and published in a report that you can now see. Um, If you go to the following link, that's bit.ly slash Topeka CHNA 2021. Um, So that link is bit.ly slash Topeka CHNA 2021. Um, There you'll find the completed report that shows what our top ranked health challenges are for our community as determined um, by 
my community members through their feedback that sets what those health priorities look like. Um, there will be also there will also be a place there where you can give your feedback um, on the results and the community health uh, priorities that were identified in the CHNA. Uh, it's important to note that's just the beginning of this process. Uh, now that we have the CHNA completed, uh, we as a community have to come up with a community health improvement plan, aka the CHIP. So we've got the CHNA and the CHIP, for those of you who love those acronyms out there. Um, that CHIP is going to take work from our entire community uh, to put together. And you'll also find information on the website, how to be a part um, of that process. And really the intent of that CHIP is that's really something that our, our lawmakers at the, the city and county level can rely on to make decisions when it comes to impacting the entire health of our community. Uh, we mentioned earlier, too, there will be events uh, this weekend to honor Senator Dole back here in Kansas. That includes here in Topeka on Saturday. Saturday, there will actually be a public ceremony at 4 o'clock p.m. in the rotunda of the state capitol downtown, where the late senator's casket will lay in repose. Um, there will be remarks at that ceremony from Governor Kelly, from our current senators, Roger Marshall and Jerry Moran, as well as former senators, Nancy Casablan Baker and former uh, Representative Jim Slattery. Um, we encourage you to make it um, to that event if you are here in town uh, in order to honor Senator Dole's uh, life and legacy. Um, and lastly, uh, reminder that, of course, today being Thursday, that means it's Health Indicator Report Day. So the latest Health Indicator Report for Shawnee County came out today and it wasn't good, folks. was not good. Um, it was not good to the tune of 80%. That is how much our, uh, that is the, the percent increase that we saw in COVID cases from last week to this week. An 80% increase in Shawnee County. That does mean we are back in that dreaded red category, the high category um, on that indicator report. So we say at the end of every single show, but please, please, please do everything you can to not only keep yourself safe, but keep your loved ones, friends, co-workers, colleagues, etc. Um, safe because we are seeing such a huge amount of community spread happening um, in Shawnee County. And of course, it's not, to be it's not to be unexpected with holidays, with people gathering and getting together. We knew that there would be a spike um, coming, but now is not the time that we want to see that because people are spending um, so much time together. And we know that there are things like the Omicron variant um, that are coming that or it's only a matter of time before we're going to see those in our in our community as well. So, again, please, please, please do everything you can to keep yourself and others safe. Um, and that, folks, is our show for tonight. Um, as we just talked about, make sure to stay safe, uh, wear your mask, get your vaccine, get your booster shot if you haven't already. Uh, do all those things we're supposed to do. Drink some good beer. And we will see you next week here on Ballads of Brews on KSF 75 Live Radio.
Exits. I hope you have found 